Hi! You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is First Fruits from James chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. Good morning, church. Please take a seat. Welcome to New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. And as for me, for those of you uh, being here, I just got back from Singapore. And, um, you know, it was a good trip and, uh, and a good connection and a re- a re- a kind of, a, you know, re- catch up with a lot of friends there. And uh, in Singapore, as you know, that, you know, no more restriction now. Uh, you can enter Singapore pretty much in Southeast Asia, I mean ASEAN country, uh, that, you know, no, no, um, no uh, test even required. Uh, but even I, a return to Ho Chi Minh City is, is required by uh, Vietnam, Vietnam size, right? And so, um, you know, uh, in Singapore, that uh, you don't need, uh, you don't walk in the public, you don't, don't need masks anymore. Every Singapore is as good about every uh, details of the law, the degree, right? You walk out the street, uh, outdoor, you don't need masks. Indoor, in the mall, you need masks. And, and uh, the story is that, you know, you know Singapore is a fine city, right? If you are not fine, you will be fine. <laughs> so if you're walking around the mall without masks, that there will be surveillance camera and somebody will follow you and fine you if you don't put your mask on, $300. $300. So I just have to wear it. The mask is outdoor, open. And then if you order food in a restaurant, indoor, and if you, um, if you don't have any food in front of you, you have to wear masks. And so everybody like, yeah, I have to order a drink. So you could just sit with your friend and with a, you know, with a mask. Oh, so you have to order something, put a drink in front of you, and then you drink, and then you open your mask. I just, I, you know, I, I, I can't make sense of it. I love Singapore. I love my friend there, but I can't just make sense of it. Uh, so here, okay, some people like, you know, pastor, uh, your church come and, you know, some people mask on, so you mask off. I, I tell you this. By now, by now this month, right? You, you want to be mask on or mask off? I, uh, I, I don't really care, okay? Uh, however, if you uh, want to be mask on, really okay. You know, like the mall in, in, in Vietnam, you walk in, there we mask on. Because by now it's a post-vaccination already. Now, you want to be cautious for those who are age old above 60 plus. You want to be cautious. It's up to you. The bottom line is do whatever you want with masks, okay? Um, here uh, on stage, uh, some of you ask, like, you know, why you don't, the, the, the team will not put on masks. Uh, just on stage, no masks. If you sit down there with masks, that's fine. I'm speaking, so no mask. <laughs> and so, uh, are, are we good with this? Yes? All right. So, what I'm saying, make yourself comfortable. Now, before we get into the word, I'd just like to just, you know, uh, go give you a, a quick break, tea break. Uh, maybe a two, three minutes. You can grab a drink if you need. I, I need to grab my coffee as well. So, the usher, can you make a coffee, a, a tea, a coffee break, a loo break? And then, uh, you know, we get, uh, we get going in just about two, three minutes. Is that okay? Okay, okay.
Joking aside, please grab your drink so that you can open your mask. Grab your drink in front of you. Uh, we are blessed with the uh, natural sunlight uh, that just happened to the architecture of the house. Um, you know, for those who are boomer like me or the old generation, we like natural sunlight. Uh, it moderates our mood. So if you, if you feel down, hopefully the sunlight can leave up your mood a little bit. If you feel, uh, um, you know, if you feel um, that a bit too bright, uh, you can put the sunglass on. Uh, that would be fine as well. Um, the, um, the young generation, at least uh, that some of you know, they like the light a little bit dim. You know, light but dim. The stage a bit dark. There will be some uh, laser and smoke, and you know, there's some uh, you know kind of a light uh, thing. Uh, it, it's uh, good for some occasion. Uh, our church is a bit intergenerational, which means that we do not segregate. We integrate from the youngest to the, the most senior one. Uh, the youngest will learn the example of the elderly. The elderly will leave the good example for the youngest, right? We do not segregate them to make a, just a group. So this is Sunday is a, is a corporate worship. We do have Sunday school. We do have igniting class. We do have single group, one heart. We have Iron Man for men. We have ladies. But when we come to worship, we want everybody to be integrated, be one. Amen. All right. Just in case you are new here, have a just a, you know have a introduction. Now, uh, I like to um, continue with the book of James. As some of you know that uh, now, if you are new to our church and you plan to be here more than uh, three months, uh, please approach our usher. We have the book that we're going to use throughout the years. Hard copy. The soft copy is available on the, our server, Discord server. A hard copy. Uh, we don't have much, but if you you know just grab usher after the service, uh, it's li- it will be basically you know everything here we need for this year: the book of James and the book of Proverbs. Uh, we will finish the book of James because only like five chapter, uh, and uh, but the Proverbs will next year we will continue with other uh, New Testament book as well. So uh, grab a, a hard copy if you need, uh, soft copy you can just uh, download on our server. Now, we continue with the book of James, chapter 1 and uh, verse 16. So if you have the, the Bible with you, um, please turn to uh, James, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 16. James, chapter 1, verse 16. Are you there? Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So when you read the Bible, beloved brothers included sister. Right? It's just the, the biblical language that always addressed male first. Why? Because male will take responsible. <laughs> the world is falling apart because of lacking of male leadership. All male has failed since the beginning of the garden. Right? So, so the God always wants to redeem uh, male, uh, the guy first. And because the guy will basically have to take care both the garden in the context of a garden and take care of his family. Okay? So it's here uh, that, that do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own, he will brought us forth the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Just um, today is just two, uh, three verses. And doesn't mean that the message will be short. <laughs> I try, I try. Um, so just want to put you in the context here, okay? Uh, as, I, I, as I've been uh, demonstrating uh, to the Bible study and even um, you know, uh, the, the, the approach that we study the Bible, we cannot just put out a, a text and just apply everywhere. We need to understand 
a passage, a text within its context. What is the surrounding? What is the book? What is, is it Old New Testament, or uh, Old or New Testament? What, what is, is it a, a type of letters, or is it gospel, or other type? So here, we in the letters, this is the type of letter. So we need to read a, a portion before that, right? Which is, we already studied a, a month ago, because we just finished the foundation class. And so in verse 12, uh, the, the, uh, the, it said, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, Let no one say he or she is tempted uh, by saying, I am being tempted by God. God tempted me, in a way. For God cannot be tempted with evil, he himself tempts no one. Verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when he's conceived, gives birth to sin. Alright, so pay attention. A desire... Obviously, a sinful desire. When it conceived, it got, you know, it, it, it got pregnant. It gave birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Right? So here, the Apostle James basically tells us, the church, that God never tempt anyone. So do not go out and say, Oh, the Lord tempted me. I got caught in this situation with this relationship because, you know, I was just sitting in the lounge in the hotel and just uh, somehow God sent a beautiful lady out and I am got married already. But somehow we end up in the hotel room. God tempted me. I mean, I don't know about you. I met Christians said like that. I don't know what happened, Pastor. We just ended up in like situations like that. Is God tempted me? Say no. God cannot do that evil. Your sinful desire would entice and lure you too. Just like David, you know, David. We read very short, like you know, on a cover cool day, uh, David, uh, most king ran out for war. Uh, David stayed in his palace on a cool day. It's not hot day because hot day he stay inside. Cool day, he walk out in the, his uh, rooftop, and suddenly the woman just appear on the other side, uh, but you know still be able to see, and and uh, out of nowhere, you know God sent this, David never said that out of nowhere God sent this beautiful lady named Bathsheba, and she taking a bath on the rooftop. Why on earth she taking a bath on the rooftop? We don't know, and then just after that. Then a one-night stand dinner. Maybe she's just like, yeah, come over, just have a sip of drink. You know, this doesn't have, you know, have to be anything. I just want to find out who she is. Have a sip of drink. Maybe he got a tequila shot. He got a bit of red wine. He got a bit of cheese and salami. He got all of that appetizer. He got a few dancers out there because king, right? And then he got a bit of entertainment to whet his appetite. But his appetite is already inclined to sinful desire. Most people don't understand this. People say, yeah, I'm okay, pastor. You know, I'm strong. I can go to pub. I can go to bar. No problem. I can drink a bit of, you know, a, a few bottles of wine. I'm still fine. My mind is clear. Well, maybe sometimes it's clear. <laughs> At the time, it's not clear. All right. So, guy, if you married... And you, as Christian, and still go to bar and pub without your wife. Something wrong. Now, even you go with your wife, if you're a young couple, just get married, just get to your honeymoon, okay, do it for a little bit because you still have a lingering pre-couple lifestyle where your single lifestyle is all, you know, like your life begins after 10 p.m., <laughs> you know. Like the true color appear after 10 p.m. And so you went out. I mean, you got first married. You got a young couple, no kids, right? No, no, uh, no not much responsibility. 
And, and then, so you went out, and then you got trapped. And maybe some own friends, some exes, and all of that. And then you couple drink, and, and the Bible, and the book Proverbs, that, that everything you see will be sparkling, will be beautiful. Even though some the women there are not godly, ungodly, and not beautiful, but because of the wine that makes everything beautiful. Guys, I, you know what I'm talking about? You're laughing, amen. Okay, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, I have my audience. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so um, the thing is that you got tempted by your own desire. Same with the ladies. Now, I have to be careful here. You know, lady like fashion, right? Now, there's other type of the branch of the fashion that need to show more skin. Why they want to show more skin? The designer of the cloth have the one mind to entice, to invite. It's they they based on the anthropological point of view, meaning the the female need to attract the male in order for reproduction. This is Darwin view. <laughs> it's survival of the fittest. If you're most beautiful, we've got picked first. But that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. So Bathsheba, she can take the bath inside. <laughs> Even though the Bible did not tell very clear about why she did that, but it implied <laughs> she's not innocent. Hmm. Some of you read, this, oh, Bathsheba, it's just for her. The king called, and then how can she refuse? The Bathsheba probably said, God, you tempted me. You asked the king, the, the greatest king in Israel, the conqueror, the warrior, a man after God's own heart, sent me invitation. How can I deny? I mean, it's like the president of the country of your country, whether you like him or not. Where the president of your country invite you to come to the dinner banquet and you pass security, you pass all of that. I mean, you pump whatever. He say, yes, sir, you know. How can you deny such an invitation? Well, whether you're beautiful, you think as Bathsheba or how smart you think. If you don't know how to draw the line, then get slipped over the other side, right in the banquet. Once she's in the king's courtroom, there's no way to run. And with a skillful like David, he knows all the tricks. He's a warrior. So both case of Bathsheba and David, I just want to bring connection here. Not because God tempted them by their own sinful desire. Give birth, when conceived, give birth to death. And the consequence of that relationship is a child, is a birth. It's not pleasing in God's sight. God spared David by punishing the child. Some of you like reading with the, um, with the liberal minds and the non-biblical one. How can God punish the innocent? It's just a child. It's a, it's a David and Bathsheba should be punished and put to death, not the innocent child. Well, yes, the child is innocent, but the adult must hold responsible. And this is God's way to deal with it. You say, David, after Nathan pointed out, you wept, you repented, and you cried out and say, it's, it's you I against, I sin against you, O Lord. And this is Psalm 51 that you're going to read. It's just, 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 he just don't say, ah, he's not, he not like the uh, Adam say you know, to Eve, like the woman you gave me, Lord, that tempted me. David simply say, I sin against you. And so he repented and got spared his and said, okay, your time, I allow you to continue to be king, but your descendant will take the consequences. Your country, your kingdom will be split apart. Your children, children will, you know, fight each other. They will take your wife and concubine and, and defile them right into your root palace, which is you read later, that's Absalom. 
consequences need to be already made. So the child died. So the child died in the way of covered redemption that the innocent child died for the sin of the parents, mean Bathsheba and David. David repented. We didn't hear much about Bathsheba repentant, right? Because this is clearly that from the garden, man delivers sin. Woman, at the Bible, Bible was deceived. So at the garden, the woman was deceived by the serpent. Instead of listening to the word of God, she listened to the word of the serpent. Instead of Adam coming home to correct her and say, we must trust the Lord, you know, spit it out, that one, you know. He partook into the taking of the fruit. The first fruit in the garden. What is the fruit in the garden? Apple? Huh? Can anyone guess? Pears. Definitely not durian. <laughs> Definitely not durian. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but people, you know, because the, the Bible, sometimes the children book, you know, make it say like apples and, you know, you got a, a, a forbidden bite and then, <laughs> you know, it's just halfway through. You got stuck here in the English, you call this what? Adam's apple. Uh, I mean, people can call what they want, but it has nothing to do with the Bible, okay? It's like, oh, yes, so true. This is Adam's apple. Well, we, the Bible did not tell that Adam got stuck here, so we don't really know, okay? So, so don't, don't bring the outside, try to interpret the Bible. That's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? Read the Bible it is. The Bible did not specify this is Adam's apple. The Bible did not say was it the apple or not, right? But with the, with the observation of the text, I don't think it's Doreen, so that's I can show, right? Uh, and, but here, I just guess here. I just guess it could be fig tree. I'm not sure, okay? My guess. You, my guess, as good as your guess, okay? So, because why? Because after that, say, where are you, Adam? Where are you? He, 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 including E. But you show, where are you, Adam? Because you are responsible. Where are you, Adam? Yeah, uh, yeah we, uh, we, we hid here and... Uh, and why? Uh, because we saw our nakedness. Uh, why? Oh, yes, because the, the, we ate the fruit. Why? Uh, because the woman that you gave me, uh, you know, enticed me. <laughs> and, then, and then the woman said, why you do that? Uh, because the serpent. And the serpent just admit, yeah, I did it. I did it. And then God bring curses to men. And sin, therefore, our sinful desire always triggered by a sinful thought, a sinful attraction, temptation. You have to be clear here. Temptation is not yet sin. Okay? When you and I attempted someone, it's not, we have not committed sin yet. But when it's conceived, <laughs> and then we commit, and that's where it leads to death. Dead here, including spiritual death, which means that any one of us here commits sin tomorrow, we're not going to die. We still live. But there is a separation. There is the distance between God and us. Where that God already paid the price to bridge the gap, to bring every sinner, Adam descendant, David descendant, Abraham descendant, come to Christ without, no, without distance or no gap. That Christ paid the price, so there should be no gap. But our inclination is still wander away from the Lord. It's just our sinful nature. So, I want to unpack this so that we can go to this passage. So the first fruit, I want to bring some Old Testament connection here. The first fruit is forbidden fruits, the one that they took, even though that is very good, because what? The knowledge, right? The knowledge of what? Good and evil. The, the problem is human cannot handle evil. We can think of good, but we cannot know evil, because all men's heart, people's heart, will turn evil and wicked. That's what the Bible unfolds for us right after the fall. So, the knowledge of 
good and evil is only can be handled by God himself. That's why he know that he forbid them to eat that fruit. Now, Jesus Christ came along. He is the word. He is the logos. He is the rhema. He is the truth and the life. And, 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 and um, that, that, that everyone, he's the resurrection because the sin would die. And everyone who come to him so that we can receive the knowledge of God and know evil and yet do not want to commit evil. That's Christ redeemed the fallen man, Adam, to make a new man, us, a second Adam or the last Adam, that you and I can be a new creation in him. And you should be the first fruit of his creation. You forget about anything that's today, that we are his first fruit of creation. Now, he will become a day when he returns in Romans chapter 8, he talk about he can redeem the whole creation. And the whole creation right now is groaning, is crying. You want to make a modern uh, observation is that pollution, is earth pain, is, is this, the, the destruction of forest, all of you. We don't need to be a, you know, a, a whale, whale lover and tree huggers and social activists. The, the, the Christians should know better that we'd be a steward of creation. Right, we plant tree. If we cultivate, which means we stand use tree. We have cattle. We eat meat, but we also, you know, have have farming. So, so you don't. So none of you should be turned. Whatever you want to become a vegan, that's up to you. But you don't have to say, "Oh, I have to become vegan because uh, you know I save the planet." Well, you eat vegetable. You also not really save the planet, just in case you know. And then you miss the meat. You have to eat the the plant-based meat. Uh, and, and you pay triple price uh, for the plant-based meat. And then somebody uh, really missed the meat. You want to eat broccoli, but inside is a beef. It just looks like broccoli. So you can eat the meat. As a Christian, we have a clear mind about creation and mandate. We'll be a steward. We take care of creation. We don't destroy them. So, so, so we are the first fruit of creation, meaning that God will redeem us and call us out as first fruit. First fruit, he also, like um, the idea connect with the firstborn son, it's like you're supposed to be leave out an example. You're supposed to be leave out, you know, the way that you demonstrate this is my goodness. I redeem my firstborn, I redeem my first son. So that's why Jesus Christ is his firstborn son of God. So that, because why? If you read the Old Testament, all the firstborn son since the day of Adam, all the way to the time of Christ, all the firstborn son fell. Cain and Abel, first mother, Abraham's son, Jacob, and what's the other guy's name? What's the other guy's name? Esau. Esau, right? Firstborn. He sold his birthright. This is, this is the Old Testament context. It's like you sold your privilege to become Christ, Christian, God children. Ah, uh, being a Christian, nothing I saw. Give me a bowl of rice. Some people, real, some people sell their soul for a million dollar or one billion dollar. Some people will shake their head, but sometimes people sell their soul for free. For free. First fruit, all firstborn son fail. Jesus Christ came as the firstborn son of God that redeemed all the failure and sinful activity of all the firstborn son throughout the Bible. And then he called us, he make us, he make us available, he bring forth us with the word of truth so that we become a first fruit, a kind of first fruit of his creation. We're supposed to be living a life that exemplifies. We're supposed to live a life that magnifies his goodness magnify his redemptive plan for humankind. So here the, the apostle James said that, do not be deceived, my beloved brother and sister. Which means that some people talk about connection with the, 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 the sinful uh, you know, temptation. You, you're tempted because that's your desire. Don't blame God. Don't blame the serpent. 
<laughs> Don't blame like, Lord, today, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm sleeping uh, in my room alone in the hotel room on travel. Suddenly there's a knock on the door. I open out a beautiful ladies and, you know, the devil just sent me and tempt me. And I don't know what to do. I just open the door and the next thing is just on the bed. Uh, I, I mean, I, I did not do anything. Right? So, James said, do not be deceived, brother and sister. Every good gift, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. Now, I'm just thinking about this. You Can you think with me about this? You know, the definition of good is, ver is, 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 um, is range from, you know, different people, how they define good. I tell you what, without God, everybody have their own definition of good. Some people say, if I can have a two bottle of wine and not get drunk, that's good. Some people say that I don't even have a sip, that's good. Some people say, yeah. I have my main wife and have a concubine. That's good. You know, people can define all the ways they want, really. Without the word of God, there's no measuring stick. So I'm thinking about good. We receive many good things through our lives. Some, of the, some are the result of working hard. Some of you are working hard, then you got good results. Uh, some are simply uh, out of good relationship. You, uh, the good relationship does not happen automatically. It requires time and space to cultivate. It's like farming. It requires time to cultivate. And, um, you know, uh, a good friends, family member, loved one, although we are grateful for them all, we tend to acknowledge uh, or be mindful the sword. We have to mindful the sword because every good gift and perfect gift come from God. But think about this. A good gift does not entice you. A good gift does not trick you. A good gift never lies to you. A good gift never play around with you. A good gift, when you receive, you not turn foolish, but be wise. A good gift will bring reconciliation and relationship. A good gift never meant to destroy you. Practical example. Let's say you go to work, you've been to work for about five years, and the boss calls you out and gives you a promotion. Everybody says, yeah, you want a promotion. You've been waiting for. And the promotion is always come with five prints, so read carefully. Five prints, details, okay? Uh, I will double your salary, right? Um, you know, you, you, this is a target. This is a sale target or whatever. This is the, the, the objective for the year, the agenda. You know, you're free wherever you work. Uh, you know, it's up to you. I provide you everything, laptop, phone, everything. Um, you know, just, just reach your target. And if you don't do the calculation or thinking or praying and discerning, because a lot of people don't, you know, don't really discern about good gifts. They think everything comes to them is good. <laughs> good, why? Because they own desire. They want money, that's good. Right? They, they want a comfort life, whoever offered a comfort life, that's good. Think about this, you know, if someone, you know, um, just someone offer you, say, okay, uh, you just, you know, tonight, you just commit one sin and you receive one million dollars. Some of you don't think twice. Ah, I got forgive. <laughs> I just take one and tomorrow I repent. Do not be deceived, brother and sister. Because God, is not, God does not tempt you. Every good gift does not entice you, does not destroy you. So back to the, the example, real example. But then, after a while, you got promoted. In order to reach that target, in order to reach that, you need to travel more. Let's say a couple married, travel more. You'll be away from home, from your wife. Let's say the guy. And then uh, you, will, you will work like usually 6 p.m. You go home and now 7, now 8, your wife waiting for dinner. And then about 10, then you travel. And travel, you're on stretch. On stretch, you need 
destabilizer. You need you need you need sleeping pill. You need alcohol to numb you. You need you need uh, uh, nicotine cigarette to numb you. You need some sort of uh, sexual urge to numb you to 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 satisfy you. And then you're on the travel trip, and then things get messy, and marriage broken. So the package that you receive promotion is that good? So, when you and I receive good gifts, somebody said good, use the Bible to measure how good it is. The perfect and good gifts never destroy you because come from above. Amen? We got um, a friend, a dear friend to us, you know, um, high flyer, beautiful family, uh, Money is nothing to worry about. Uh, but I was shocking a friend that, you know, they got divorced recently. Out of nowhere. No, no, um, no sign. No sign. Um, emotional trouble being suppressed for years. Never resolves it, but just pretend to be nice. Because they're Christian. I tell you what, Christian, you don't need to pretend to be nice. If you really want to be mean, just be mean. And repent. <laughs> if you really got hurt and painful, just tell it. I'm hurt. Today I'm hurt by your sermon, Pastor. <laughs> I'm repent. I forgive you, Pastor. I will receive your forgiveness. Lord, have mercy. Um, just, you know, one thing is, is really, if you know, one thing is really trigger me is that dishonesty. Because dishonesty break the relationship, kill the relationship, intoxicate good relationship, put the house on fire. That's, that's at least for me. Just be honest. Because that's the only way that you and I can come to the throne of grace. That we can just be accessible. Because the throne of grace is accessible to us. It's not blocked by security. It, it's only by faith that we can come. It's only by being honest to come. And so every good gift from the Father must be received. Of course, by faith, honesty. Because how can you receive good gift without honesty? If God say, where are you? Where are you with me? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to church. I'm reading the Bible. Everything I do, I'm okay. No, no, no. Where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Okay. Where is your, your, your marriage? Yeah, my marriage is okay. Everything all right. I mean, you know, my, 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 everything is good. I have enough money. I have enough. Thank you for your provision, God. Uh, no, where are you? How are you? I'm fine. Are you not fine? Be real with God. I'm troubled. I don't know what to do. I, I, I need someone to talk. I need someone to cry out. I, I, I need to, to because sometimes in my mind, I just think, a, you know, a cyclic understanding is just go like this, you know, like a NASCAR racing or, you know, whatever you race like this, your mind will go like, you know, out of the planet Earth. You need, you need someone to talk, please. Ask someone you trust to talk. Christian mature, I suggest it. I recommend it. Do not pretend to be a good Christian because we are not called to be good Christian. We are called to be a real sinner saved by a real grace, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb so that we can sanctify and make whole new, so that we can be first fruit of His creation. That, that the deer and the animal look at us and say, yeah, that's first fruit. Otherwise, the rabbits walk by us and say, yeah, you know, it's stingy. You're not, not even worthy of example. You just think about this, that it, and nobody knows. You walk in the jungle, all the animals of God know and tell God, I witnessed the sin in that garden. I saw every activity under the sun. Come, expose it. Bring light to the secret chamber. 
Let him expose that so that you can be, you, and you know the source of Christ, that every good gift that comes from that source, and all the good gift and perfect gift never destroy you, never entice you, never lure you, never trick you, never string attach you. When he gives, he gives completely, and you have to receive completely by faith and with honesty. Now you stay with me. Number two. The father of lights. The Bible tells us about the attribute of God. The character. He is not a God that, you know, in the shadow. It's like the big boss mafia. You know, you do this. And I watch you. You bring me back here. I watch you. I will punish you when you made a mistake. It's not like that. He's a father of light. And if you think, the energy, the light always brings light. You know, without the sun, the sunlight, there will be no life on earth just in case you didn't know, right? It's just going to be an icy place and there's some scientific projected there'll be no more sun, icy place, viruses, pestilence, all the more, a lot of sickness and people need to use artificial light. Some of them need that, you know, they need UV treatment. Some of you, just in case you didn't know, UV treatment, especially in some part of Europe that, that, that you know, uh, during the winter too, too, and some of them have a, have a, have a symptom that it, they need to have a UV treatment because the light, that bring the light to the skin and all of that. And so the Father of light means that all the things that the light God brings with be good attribute. It's always shining, always, there's no change in its light property. When you see the light, since the day of dawn until now, throughout all the pollution, the nature and the property of light never change. If you study physics, nothing changes. Maybe discover some scientists who believe it's is a wave or particles, right? Maybe a bit of both. Maybe a both, but the property of light never changes. Regardless, whatever that you and I do, the nature and the property light always shine, always bring good things. It's like a good dad always give good gift to the children, whether the children want to receive or not. He never force. So, parent, just size uh, size advice: you give them good gifts, they don't take it. Do not force. Let them taste their own rebellions. To a degree, right? To a degree. It's like if my son wants to put the, uh, you know, his two finger in the electric socket and say, no, you foolish, stop. You know? And I say, yeah, you just do it and you try it. You know? And then you're going to die and you're going to be very happy. You know, no. Right? But th- we, we, we train them. Right? We train them. For those who are parents, you, you see your kid running around, right? And you kind of seem like hopeless. And I look at your face. I already know that you already get tired. And you already say terrible two. Been two years old. Terrible three. You count terrible four. Terrible six. And then you count all the way to teenager. Terrible 13. And you count able to a terrible 18. Now they go to the university. Oh, wonderful. Some of you are counting that way. It's a terrible way to count like that. God give you a better life than that. Abundant life than that. Train them. Disciple them. My son, when he got put in socket, I used just a little cut paper to no. He lived in here, but no. Then he would draw no. About uh, maybe a 10 time, right? A sign said after seven times, people get it. So, so <laughs> seven times, eight times, nine times. And all I need to say, nope. Hard work, parents. You cannot just let them vote around. If you have children and you still go out for the maid and leave, I have some friend, they have enough money, have several hired maid. They, lend, they leave the children to the maid, to the helper, and they go out for party as though they are still single. They go for, uh, you know, uh, uh, where the rugby sport fan, a beer club, and all of that party, and the children live up to the house helper. Nothing wrong with the house helper, nothing wrong with the maid. But God gave you, the children, the greatest gift so that you can be their parents, godly parents. Today we celebrate Happy Mother's Day. Godly mom is a rare gem. It's almost like a big diamond if you want to be diamond. We thank God for our mom, even though they're not perfect. But I pray that every mom in our church becoming, will becoming a godly mom. Godly, godliness has nothing to do with perfect. With perfect. Godliness has to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ and living a life that shines like the Father of light. No shadows, 
no hidden agenda. Parents, if you be shameful about some activity and you hide from your kids, something is wrong. I remember my pastor told me that, love, the day you got married, you got a kid, uh, welcome to uh, the club, being a parent uh, today, uh, that uh, you will have 24-7 camera in your home. And you got every recorder in your home because the children will record everything. Yes, they don't listen to what we say, but they do what we do. So the more you shout, the more they don't do because they say, yeah, I saw that. Dad didn't do. Mom didn't do. Mom never read the Bible. Dad never read the Bible. So why should I read the Bible? Mom never pray. Mom never talk. They don't learn to how to forgive each other. They shout at you. They pull out the sword at night. They will stab in the back and they got a sword fight. And then they got bloody and got tired and they go to sleep. And then the next morning, they don't say sorry. They don't reconcile. They keep going on. So I do the same. Can you stay with me? Yeah, some of you are not really like me today. Okay, anyway. <coughs> ah, Father of light, God unchanging good. You know, sometimes as a kid, I try to be like, I like my father. You mean, just like a kid. I love my father. I love my dad. But sometimes he's just changing. He moves his swing. In the morning, he say, good morning. He say, yeah, get up, brush your teeth. And in the morning, he come back from work and say, uh, did you do your homework? I mean, I just want to give him a hug. I just want to give it. Like, he's changing throughout the day. It's just tough for me how to, how to approach him. Parent, uh, Dad, if you are like that, please repent. I repent. Because our God, we can approach him. He, he constantly saying, unchanging good. The children got confused this day because sometimes they see Dad, it's just like mood swing. Right? Mood swing due to, due, to, due to the food change. Due to the food chain. Like they got a good food today, their mood is good. They got a nice burger, he must look good. So, you and I only can learn from the Lord because He is unchanging good. He's the Father of light. Whenever that your parents or you guys think about something, if you walk in the light, nothing to hide, nothing to be shameful about. Right? If you uh, have something that, that you talk, and behind pastor back, I don't want pastor to know, uh, something is not right. <laughs> and I tell you what, if I talk something, I want to talk something about you, I call you out and I talk. That's the right way. If you want to talk me something, call me out and talk. Do not talk about the back. The Bible talks about gossip. Do not talk about somebody back, about something. Call them out. If you, some brother or sister sin against you, call them out, have a coffee and say, brother, sister, you are family this and this and this, but today I want to tell you, we learn to forgive one another. I pray to the Lord, I forgive you. Can we have a reconciliation? That should be a model because nothing to hide, nothing to be shameful about because we are walking in the light, because we are the Father of light. Amen? Amen. Lastly, lastly, um, we know that God is a creator. We know that God created all whole creation. We know Jesus is the, the Savior. Uh, the, the, the nuances between Savior, re, re, Savior, Redeemer, Sanctifier, all the chamber is a, is a process. So God saved us, right? But it's not like one point in time. He continued to save us, redeem us, and continue to sanctify us. The recreator, in this context, a bit of link to also Romans uh, 8, um, is that talk about you know, the whole creation being recreated. When the end times come, whether a new totally heaven and earth or being created, also new. So for us, we are a, a, a creature that created by God. And then we got saved in Christ and redeemed us. He become a recreator. He recreated, restructured us and make us totally a different person. Here's, here's, a, here's a good tip for you. If you have been in church for some time and been saved, go and ask some of your high school friends, your university friends, some people know your stuff in the past. Ask them, how am I today? They probably say, yeah, you look the same. And you're still nasty as the same. Then you know, oops, sorry, I repent. Right? If they say, wow, you were such a person and now you like this, unthinkable. What happened? Yes, Jesus, I met. Yes, Jesus changed me. 
I was an alcoholic, and now I know more. I was a, I was a, a, a womanizer, I know now no more. I used to drink, you know, with my friend a bucket of beer, and maybe we measure beer by not just but muck, or a cup, but yardstick, like one yard, two yard. And now I only, I don't drink anymore. Are you still with me? I used to be a woman that the only way I can attract men is to show off my skin and my skill of getting men. I'm no longer now. I'm a godly mom. I raised my children. I had my past. But now I'm no longer walk in the dark. Because Jesus is a creator. He recreated us. The word of truth that you and I are receiving and reading that will brought us that bring us forth as his first fruit. So my prayer and my hope for all of us, as we walk out this place, we know that everything, you know, we have the first fruits from the garden to all the firstborn son, to the time of Jesus Christ, to now is the time that he's calling us to be his first fruit. First fruit is to be the best fruit, the best harvest. And the word of truth will bring forth us as his first fruit. Are you still with me? Let's just spend five minutes of reflection and just talk to the Lord what you have heard, what he, what he is saying to you. In what way your life and my life should be a kind of first fruit of his creature. In what way that people in the workplace that know that it's a, we are first fruit of creation, explain to them. If some of you might have a struggle with your uh, family, maybe sibling, brother, sister, or parents, how can you apply and make this word applicable in your own situation? Because even you are not a firstborn son, you could be the youngest or middle. You can be the first fruit of Jesus' creation. Let's just spend a couple minutes.
Lord Jesus, is there anything that hidden in our heart? May is, Lord, I pray that may that things are not a sinful thing on temptation. But we hid your word in our heart. Your word that bring life, bring transformation. It's like the seed ready to put on the ground. Your word is like seed put on the ground. The soil. And you made it clear that some soil, due to various reasons, it just never really grow. Others grow so fast, but the, but the suffering of life and the, the persecution of life, the hardship of life, that suffocate them. That we are seed with the good soils that well-received, well-watered, will spring forth life. Lord, with all the people of your people here in this church, with all walks of life, may all walks of life walk in the light because you are our Father of light. Lord, I pray that none of us will self-deceive ourselves now thinking that we can do things as long as we don't get caught. And thus the devil lies. Because you're a God of every omnipresent. You are everywhere. You're omnipotent. You're all powerful. Omniscience. You know everything. It's like a house that need renovation, the house that need reconstruction, Lord, you are our create, recreator. Being transformed, being renewed every day because of your word. Not because of the gossip of men, the rumor of men, the popular idea of men, but because of your unchanging truth unchanging good perfect gift Lord help us to live in the time of Nira there are a lot of uh, of temptation antisement a lot of, of of trick and traps may us learn to have learn to cultivate the gift of discernment may we discern between half truth and whole truth discern between lies that clock which should go coated. Help us to be example. Help us to be godly moms and godly dad and godly individual. Thank you, Lord, that every good gift and perfect gift that we have received, whether the job that we are having right now, the relationship that we have right now this church this country this city everything that we receive from you and we know that sometimes we don't feel it's good but we know every good gift and perfect gift come from you the air that we breathe and usually the lord things that we don't see that they so essential to our life and so good but even we forget to give thanks And Lord, help us in our walk, whether at work, in the marketplace. Be wise in making deals. Not that, that to cut others or to be outsmart others, but with integrity, with honesty, with godliness. That the business world will turn around and see that this is the church of Christ. This is the body of Christ. And they will flock to the kingdom of God because they know there's light. May our life be full of light, full of goodness, full of greatness that we receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. 
We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.